You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Good morning. And many of you love a great Christmas story. Yesterday, there was a group of ladies, I don't know, maybe 15 ladies from Grace Covenant, most of them from Grace Covenant, who um, had a plan to join together to share breakfast. And beyond sharing breakfast, there was a bit of strategy in their gathering and that they wanted to bless someone um, as they were uh, sharing breakfast together. So they uh, were at IHOP, and the server they had for the day was a lady from Morocco. Her and her daughter are here. Her husband's still in Morocco with her other child trying to get to the States. And the strategy behind this breakfast was not just to have an enjoyable breakfast and some good fellowship, but to bring a little extra money. And so among this group of about 15 ladies, their bill was uh, like 100 I don't know, $160, and they left the lady an $850 tip. Isn't that awesome? What a great story. You know, Christmas is obviously so many things to us, but it really is the amazing season of God's love and grace to us And it's an opportunity for us then to share that grace and love with others. So throughout this Christmas season, I would encourage you, look for opportunities. They're all around us. Look for opportunities that you can be a source of encouragement and blessing to others. Well, this morning we're continuing our Christmas series as we've been talking about this. The reality of Christ being with us and what that means for us today. I think we would all know that Christmas... um, Uh, The Christmas event, that of the birth of our Savior, happened on a specific day, and we're celebrating that day, but it was not just like any normal day. It is a day, as I've said, that's forever changed the course of humanity. It's the day that God became flesh to come to our rescue. It's the act of God on our behalf to bring rescue and redemption for humanity. Galatians 4.4 reads like this, For when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights as sons and daughters. So Christmas is about God making a way where there was no way. Christmas is about God making a way that we could have our sin forgiven, that we could live in relationship with him. Christmas is all about God making a way that we could um, be adopted into his family, that we could come home. There's a, a humorous story, maybe you've heard this story before, a humorous story of an elderly man in Phoenix who calls his son, who's in New York, and says to his son, son, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. 45 years of misery is enough. The son's beside himself with the news. He says, Pop, what, what are you talking about? I mean, like, this is guy catching me totally off guard. And the father on the other end of the phone says, you know, we can't stand the sight of each other any longer. We're sick and tired of each other, and I'm sick, of, I'm sick of talking about this. So why don't you call your sister in Chicago and tell her that we're getting a divorce? And he hangs the phone up. Well, the son in New York beside himself with the news. I mean, like this is like, again, totally caught him off guard. He calls his sister in Chicago and says, you're not going to believe this. Pop just called me. And he said that that he and mom are getting a divorce. And she said, getting a divorce, that is absolutely unacceptable. That's not going to happen. She says, I'll take care of this. Hangs up the phone. She calls her dad in Phoenix and says, dad, 
This is ridiculous. You and mom are not getting a divorce. We said, my brother and I, we're getting on a plane. We're coming out. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about this. We're going to find a way to work it out. Don't you do a thing until we get there. Don't make a decision. Don't make a move. The old man hangs up the phone, smiles, turns to his wife and says, the kids are coming home for Christmas and they're paying their own way. Isn't that great? Well, God made a way to bring us home. And the good news is, is we don't have to pay our own way. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ has paid the way to bring us home, to bring us into God's family. Hey, Christmas is all about Jesus making a way so that we could be adopted into God's family. You know, every one of us, every one of us here this morning have a, a biological father that's flawed in some way. As perfect as your earthly father might be or might have been, it's flawed in some way. But in Jesus, we have an everlasting father whose love is perfect. You know, there's few words in any language today that evoke the feelings we have when we hear the word father. For some here this morning, you may feel the loss of in this past year or recently. Maybe your father passed, stepped into eternity and no longer here present with you. And that stirs deep emotion. Or maybe there's the emotion that comes from the longing of um, the desire to have a father figure in your life that you never had. And stirs emotions on the negative side. And for some of you, you're like me in that uh, I am blessed, have been blessed with an amazing earthly father. I mean, if I had time, I could tell you story after story of, uh, of my dad's influence and impact in my life. But as, as good as my dad was, as good as your dad was, if he's still present with you, here's the reality. My dad was not perfect. He like didn't always get the father role right. So how comforting then for us to read of the birth of a child, the promised Messiah, whose name shall be called Everlasting Father. Under his care, his protection, his provision, and his salvation, we're safe and will be satisfied for all eternity. You know, as we've seen in previous weeks in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah is foretelling the coming of the Messiah. And he gives us different names of Jesus that, that speak uh, not only of the function, but the role that Jesus would fulfill in our lives. You know, certainly Jesus is our Savior. But he's so much more. And I think Christmas reveals that more for us and to us. So let's read once again Isaiah's prophetic revelation 600 years before the birth of the Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it's on the screen. So let's read this together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So far in this series, we've talked about how Jesus is our wonderful counselor, the one who guides and leads us, the one who counsels us in life. Last week, we talked about how Jesus is our, is our mighty God. He's the El Gabor, the mighty God present, working on our behalf for our good, bringing that of his power, his ability for our lives. And this morning we want to focus in on this name, this term, Everlasting Father. Jesus is our Everlasting Father. Now, this name, Everlasting Father, can be a bit confusing. 
as we often refer to or think of God as our father, as our heavenly father. So if God is our father, like how can Jesus then be our everlasting father? This stirs a bit of confusion until we begin to look deeper at what I believe Isaiah was trying to communicate. Again, he's like looking through a glass dimly because he's looking again forward 600 years. And he's speaking of what he doesn't fully understand because he doesn't fully comprehend as he's speaking of Jesus being the everlasting father. And as he speaks of this, he's not so much speaking of, of Jesus' role within the Godhead being the Trinity, but of the Messiah's character and function toward humanity, a humanity that needed to be rescued. See, Isaiah isn't talking, Isaiah isn't telling us that, that God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, is the same person of God. Matter of fact, it's unlikely that Isaiah is even thinking about the Trinity at all when he says that Messiah will be called the everlasting Father. It's not the Messiah's role within the Godhead, but the Messiah's character toward us. The character of the Messiah, the one that would be miraculously born, would be as the everlasting Father. You know, more than any other author of the Bible, Isaiah loves to speak of eternity. He loves to speak of God as the one who's high and lofty and one who's lifted up and inhabits eternity, whose name is his holy and here in Isaiah 9, 6, he, he uses the same type of language to refer, to refer to the coming Messiah. As the everlasting Father, he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and the one who is to come, the Almighty. So Isaiah is speaking of a child who will be born some 600 years in the future. Yet he makes clear that this child is the author of eternity. He's the father of time. Now, like, this truly boggles our mind. It's more than we can get our minds around this morning. Our everlasting Father. As the everlasting Father, Jesus came to reveal our Heavenly Father and to act toward us as His creation, us as His people, in a compassionate way to protect and supply for our needs as His children. You know, I think Isaiah couldn't have fully seen the light of the glory of who Jesus would be. Again, he's looking through a glass dimly, if you will. Yet when Jesus came, I want you to listen to some of the things that Jesus said about his relationship with the Father. That I think helps us a little better understand this terminology of everlasting Father. In John chapter 14, verse 9, listen to what Jesus said. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And in John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. No one understands that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. So if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And in Jesus, we see an exact representation of who God is. Because Jesus was fully God and he came to reveal that of the wonder of God's love and his mercy and his grace. So what Jesus makes the Father known to us. 
You know, it's interesting that the scripture says no one can come to the Father except through the Son. So as Isaiah is speaking of Jesus as our everlasting Father, he's revealing, I believe, both the heart of our Heavenly Father and the role that Jesus would take in our lives. So as our everlasting Father, this morning I want to give you four statements that I think help us better understand this term, and again, this role, this function that Jesus would play in our lives and for us. The first is this, as our everlasting Father, Jesus loves us unconditionally with an everlasting love. That's good news, isn't it? Man, but tell your neighbor, this morning, encourage your neighbor this morning, turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you outrageously and unconditionally. Go ahead and tell him. And that's what Christmas is all about. I mean, as we would sum up Christmas, Pastor Justin talked about it as he lit the, the, the candle of love this morning. Christmas is this. It's God's love revealed. It's God's unconditional love that came into our world. Now, you and I, you and I have a hard time understanding, comprehending unconditional love. Matter of fact, this fault of human beings, I think we struggle with, with love. I mean, as, as we live out love, uh, oftentimes I think of it like this. We live out an if kind of love. I'll love you if you do whatever. Or we have a, a, a because kind of love. I love you because you did this and this and this. For us to come to understand this unconditional love, like it's greater than our minds can comprehend. But it's this kind of love that Jesus came to reveal to us. It's a perfect love from a perfect heavenly father. The apostle Paul writes about this love. And I want you to listen to how he defines it in Romans chapter 8. It's on the screen. So listen, follow along as I read this. Paul says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. The wonder of, of God's unconditional love revealed to us through Jesus as our everlasting Father. The love found a way to do the undoable, to reach the unreachable. The love found a way where there was no way. That love was revealed in a manger in Bethlehem and a cross at Calvary. Because God's love was so great, He sent His Son into our world. I mean, we couldn't live with God, so God came to live with us. Jesus couldn't bring us to His house, so He came to our house. John 1.14 says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and full of truth. The Christmas is this. Jesus pitched his tent among us. The joy of Christmas is knowing that it was the only way that he could bring us home to himself. It was the only way that we could fully experience his unconditional, everlasting love. Oh, what love became flesh and blood. So as our everlasting Father, Jesus loves us unconditionally with a love that, that will not end, cannot end. It's an everlasting love. 
Secondly, as our everlasting Father, Jesus opens the way to an everlasting salvation. In John 3.16, we find these words. Maybe you know them well. For God so loved the world. He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him, whoever would put their faith in Him, whoever would choose to follow Him would have this. Get this. Eternal life. Everlasting life. Life beyond this life as we know it today. He God so loved that He gave. And that, that's what happened at Christmas. It was the gift of love that opened the way to an everlasting salvation. You know, some say that, tra- that the tradition of gift giving began with the wise men as they brought their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and presented to Jesus. And I would disagree with that. I don't think gift giving began with the wise men. I think gift giving began as God gave us the gift of His Son. That we might have what? An everlasting salvation. Some years ago, one of the largest department stores in our nation took on a commercial venture that, that, proved, that proved to be disastrously unsuccessful. It was a doll in the form of, of baby Jesus, and it was advertised as being unbreakable, washable, and cuddly. You could have your own baby Jesus. It was packaged in straw with, sat, with a satin crib, plastic surroundings, appropriate biblical text here and there to make the scene complete. But here's the problem. It didn't sell. It went over like a rock. The manager of, of one of the stores in the department chain panicked and he tried this like last ditch promotion to sell Jesus dolls by creating this huge sign that he placed outside of the department store. And this is what the sign read. Jesus Christ, mark down 50%. Get him while you can. <laughs> well, today there's a better deal than that. It's not Jesus Christ marked down 50%. It's Jesus Christ free. To all who would choose to believe. To all who would choose to put their faith in Him. What do they have? They have the miracle of salvation. The miracle of, as Jesus said in John 10.10, abundant life in this life. And the promise of eternal life beyond this life. Says our everlasting Father Jesus has opened the way. What? For an everlasting salvation. He said, one day, one day we'll reign with him forever. Why? Because of the provision of salvation. In John 6, 47, Jesus said these words, I tell you the truth, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And then in John 11, Lazarus has died and Mary and Martha is trying to process Lazarus' death. There's the grief, there's the sorrow And in the midst of that, I want you to listen to what Jesus said to Martha. John 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Listen, Jesus is the everlasting Father who's opened the way to an everlasting salvation. What does that mean? It means this. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then death no longer holds you captive. You no longer have to live in fear of death. Listen, death is a reality. If you haven't realized it, 100% of people die. Think about that. Anyone know someone who's lived forever? No. Why? Because we are all like 
temporary beings. We all have a, uh, an expiration date. But, but the good news is this. Listen, you don't have to live in fear of that. If you've chosen Christ as your Savior, you, you have opened your life to an everlasting salvation. And one of these days, when you take your last breath here, you're going to get to graduate to a place that's beyond imagination. And be in the presence of the Father throughout all eternity. And that's what's available for us at Christmas. Why? Because Jesus is an everlasting Father who's opened the way to an everlasting salvation. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus is our everlasting Father, provides our daily needs. He's ever-present to help us. It's interesting that there's 169 verses in the Bible that talk about God's provision for us, God's care for us. One of those verses is, is Philippians 4.19 that says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Notice the scripture says all of your needs, not all of your wants. All of your needs. You know, at times our wish list or our want list can be, can be rather long, kind of like a, a child's wish list at Christmas. I mean, sometimes it can get kind of long. I remember some years ago, her son Caleb, who's now 19, so this would have been maybe when he was three or four, took a catalog. And uh, he circled and highlighted all of the things he wanted for Christmas. And then he brought the catalog to us. And it was like everything in the catalog. <laughs> Every toy was circled and highlighted. And then sometimes we can kind of be that way. We have our, our want list, our wish list. God doesn't promise to meet your every want and your every wish. Listen, Jesus is not like your personal genie in the bottle. You stroke the bottle and you, know, you get your three wishes to get what you want. I mean, Jesus has not promised to meet your every want. But if you commit your life to him and you choose to be a follower of him, then this is what you can do. You can live in confident expectation of his presence, his activity, and his provision for your life. Well, he is the everlasting father who provides for our daily needs. In, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following, I, I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is life not more important than food and your body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? In verse 33, Jesus went on to say, But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So as we set our hearts to seek him, then we have the privilege of living in confidence of his provision for our needs. Listen, we don't have to stress. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be like all worried. Well, we can live in confidence of his provision. Why? Because Jesus is our everlasting father who provides for our needs. Listen, just as any good parent, flawed as we are. Listen, I'll tell you right now, if my kids were here, they would say amen twice to this. I am not the perfect father. I am flawed in many ways. 
And for all the men here today, you would probably say the same thing. But as flawed as I am, my passionate desire is to provide for the needs of my children. And I do the best I can. Not to get all, listen, I can't get all of their needs. My son showed me a picture of a new car he wanted. I said, that ain't happening. <laughs> not, not this year and probably not in this life. I can't give you everything you want, but as a, as a flawed father, my passion is to provide for the needs of my children. Get this. We have an everlasting father who's not flawed. He's perfect. Perfect in every way. Who's what? Who's providing for our needs. Therefore, well, we can live in confidence. My confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in the one who said, I'm going to meet you at your place of need. We live in that confidence because we, have, because we have an everlasting Father. Finally, Jesus as our everlasting Father is with us in the challenges of life. And he intercedes on our behalf. I mean, think about this. Think about this. As a Christ follower, if you would identify today as a Christ follower, then you have someone who has all ability and all power, who lacks in no way, working for your good. Folks, that's what Christmas means. The miracle of the incarnation was God's action to bring help for our lives. And we all understand like, life gets hard. We all understand that, man, in life there's circumstances and situations. You've been there, I've been there. Maybe, maybe you're there today. Possibly it's a, it's a scenario, a situation where the medical community has no answer to what you're dealing with physically. Possibly it's a situation where there's a financial need and you're pressed and you're stressed and you don't know how you're gonna, you don't know how you're gonna make the bills. Or possibly it's like a, a relationship that's gone south that you can't fix. And I could go on and on and on with the scenarios. But the reality is, folks, sometimes life just gets difficult. And I think the good news is that as we face those times, we don't have to navigate them alone. In Jesus, we have an everlasting Father who's ever-present with us. He's interceding and working and on your behalf for your good. In Matthew one twenty three, and in Matthew's account of the Christmas story, we find these words. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Allow the significance of that last statement to settle deep in your soul. What do you have today? You have God with you. So whatever you face in life, listen, you can face it with confidence because again, what? You have God with you. It's interesting. It's interesting as you read the Christmas story in Luke's account. Mary, you find Mary, this young Jewish girl, um, having a bit of a challenge getting her mind around the fact that she's going to be pregnant. Now, this is, not a, this is not a statement of doubt on her behalf. It's just really trying to get clarity of the situation. Because Gabriel's just brought this news that she's going to be pregnant and she's going to give birth to the Son of God. 
And so Mary, um, again, trying to figure this out, because up to this point in history, individuals only became pregnant through a sexual encounter. And Mary knows that she's not had a sexual encounter. So she asked Gabriel, how can this be? I hear what you're saying, but I can't fully comprehend it. How can it be? And I want you to listen to what the angel Gabriel said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And Gabriel goes on to say, for nothing is impossible with God. Can we say that together? For nothing is impossible with God. Now turn to your neighbor, encourage them, say to them, nothing is impossible with God. So today, because of Christmas, the birth of Christ, we have an everlasting Father with us in the challenges of life. As a good parent who's limited in their ability would work for the good of their child. So Jesus as their everlasting Father who's not limited is working for our good. So whatever you face in life, you can face it with confidence. Again, knowing that you have help. You have the one with whom nothing is impossible in you and for you. So Jesus... The Messiah is our everlasting Father. Today, today He's bringing help. Help in the present reality of our lives and hope. Hope for our future. And this is what we know. One day, one day we'll reign with Him forever. That, my friends, is the good news of Christmas. We have an everlasting Father. Amen? Would you pray with me, Lord? I thank you today again for the miracle of Christmas and for all that it means to us. So much more than just a day, so much more than just a, a party to go to, so much more than just an occasion for, for the gathering of family. It's the reality of God in the flesh. Love coming to us. the reality of God in the flesh. To reveal an, an unconditional love. To open the way to an everlasting salvation. To bring that of the fullness of all that you are available to us as frail, limited human beings. Wow. Today, we're grateful that you're ever, you are our everlasting Father. Holy Spirit, my prayer this morning is for every individual here that they would not lose sight of the reality out of your presence with them. And you are the God who lacks in no way and you're working in their lives for their good. Not just during Christmas, but every day of the year. May that reality that the God with whom all things is possible. May that reality of you being with them, Lord, may it change how they view life, how they do life, how they process life. Holy Spirit, help us to live in the fullness of the revelation of the fact that you are our everlasting Father. 
And we're grateful that you made a way that we could be adopted into your family. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.